uh, awake. Uh, I'll try to wake you up a little, a little bit more, but I know that, uh, you know, French food, two hours to eat, that's uh, amazing. So uh, I'd like to talk to you about an experiment I've, I've made with the honeypots uh, in the IoT environment. So I don't know if you guys uh, hear about IoT, maybe just the best word, but who knows a little bit about, about IoT in the audience? Great, excellent. So first of all, feel free to correct me or anything like that. I'm here to learn as well, so that's perfect. Uh, I'll just share with you a few things. Uh, because I'm the first session on IoT, uh, I think it's worth to just talk about what, what that really is. Uh, first of all, we talk about ICS, ICS security. Uh, ICS, those are the uh, industrial control systems. So when you run a, a factory uh, to produce something, like you're a car maker, now you have more and more computers that are actually helping you to create the, the whole chain supply and everything to understand, to measure, to know the temperature, I mean, all those sensors that you can have. And all those little things are now connected so you can have a, a global vision of the, the entire uh, industry that you're in. And it's pretty nice, but also it also brings some uh, security concerns that we're going to talk about. Uh, there is a bunch of tools and protocols. The first that maybe most of you have heard is uh, SCADA. SCADA is maybe the main system because it's the uh, supervision. Uh, it's the system that does the supervision across all the different PLCs. The PLCs are the uh, programmable, pro programmable logic controllers and uh, we also have the uh, distributed control system. So it's a bunch of different uh, tools that you have here that are actually helping you to create a factory, to run a factory. You can also get some IoT devices at home now uh, with uh, like Fitbit or uh, I don't know if you have bought a uh, connected fridge. I mean, all the cool stuff when you can have a malware on it. Now you can have malware on your fridge. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, also, it's a very, very old industry. So I guess you, uh, you guys have heard of uh, Fortran maybe, but have you heard of the amazing standard that's called the... Uh, Industrial real-time Fortran. That's a, that's a nice one. You can check it out. Uh, that's pretty nice. And uh, everybody talks about Modbus, but Modbus was published in 1979, so it's uh, it's pretty old, uh, and uh, it's really it's been used for some types of uh, usage, which uh, we're gonna talk about. So let's keep going. Common IT problems that we can see uh, when you have a, a lot of PLC, lots of devices in your uh, in your industry, it's hard to know how many you have, if they're all updated, and what's going on there. It's really hard to get uh, a thorough view of all the, your assets. So the asset discovery part is actually pretty uh, pretty hard when you are running an industry because you have all those devices connected that speak to each other. So it's the first thing. And uh, NIST has published a very good recommendation uh, in, uh, in IoT, and the first step is always to understand the asset that you have. Uh, you know it's already a challenge with all your uh, computers already if you are running a large infrastructure. It's like a hundred orders of magnitude, you know, worse with, uh, with this. Like really a hundred orders of magnitude, it's crazy. Uh, you just can't control and don't see all different devices that you have. The second problem that you can see in IoT is the patch, patch management. Uh, think about it. You are running a factory. Are you willing to patch something that's working for security reasons? I mean, really? Like, yeah, sure, you won't do it. You understand that it's something you have to do. You understand that, you know, uh, who knows, right? But at the same time, you don't want to get out of business. You don't want to lose millions because you're just, you know, you just did an update that didn't work. It's not like you can run something in a VM, update, try out, say, oh yeah, it works, now you can just move on, right? No, it's not like that. It's a real production environment. So the update here 
is maybe one of the biggest challenges. It's really, really tricky to update a system that's working very well in an industry where you have no way to return if you, if you fail and if you can just crush your business. So that's also one thing. Uh, the last one is when you have different devices, you also have different vendors and you have to give access to all those vendors to your device, which means that you have multiple types of people that don't know your industry, but they know their own system that they sold you uh, that, that, that are coming, that are connecting to your system. So it's all, again, it's another, it's another tricky thing. So all those, we have very strong opinions and we know how to do it in the classical IT infrastructure, even though we all hear about patch management and all that. It's still kind of hard, but it's really nothing compared to what you have to do in IoT. All those different things have a level of challenge that's really orders of magnitude harder in, in the IoT space. So uh, there's been a bunch of areas of weaknesses that have been identified by the, uh, the ICS branch of the US CERT. They are in charge of helping uh, most mostly the U.S. government to understand what to do with the, uh, uh, with the ISIS infrastructure in the country. Uh, and uh, they, just, they just went primarily with the reports that they had from federal, federal agencies or uh, organizations that report to them stuff, and they just shared to the public, all right, across everything that has been reported to us, the main area of weakness is the boundary protection. So it falls back to what I was saying earlier on understanding your assets, you have to understand your your boundaries, like uh, where are things and which vendors access to what and that stuff that that vendor access to. Can he have a jump into another part of the network? And all those are very, uh, very sensitive things. And this is one of the main area of weakness. Uh, the second one is the least functionalities. Make sure that the device works as attendant and that it doesn't do more than and that the things it will do will not actually go against the security of the infrastructure. The third is Classical things, uh, just uh, identification and authentication. It's very common to see in the IoT space uh, that uh, one login is being shared across multiple people. And uh, yeah, it's, it's all scary, we all know that. Just, I mean, hold on, those guys are not IT people usually, they are industry people. They know the industry more than they know uh, IoT things or IT things. So this is a very, very small community. The IoT community is very small because of this reason. It's not an IT thing in the first place. They just they have to do the job, right? So this is something that we have, we have to understand. Uh, the fourth is the physical access control, pretty straightforward. And the fifth is the, uh, the audit, the analysis, understanding what's going on. And that's also uh, one of the areas of, of weaknesses. It's the fifth, but there's like, they have like 20-ish, but this is the top five that they have identified and that they are looking after. On the other hand, NIST has proposed a way to address this. Like, how can you address those different um, areas of weaknesses? So they propose something that's, that I like very much. It's, uh, it's a bunch of steps where you first start to categorize your uh, system information. You want to see where things are and where and who has access to what. So that's step number one. The second is uh, select the security controls. It's understanding which machines you're going after. Like those things are critical. So I'm going to look after those things. Uh, those things are not trickle, so I don't care. I don't, need to, I don't need to get there. So you go step after step. Then it's like, all right, now that I know which machines I'm going after, you have to implement the security controls, and then you go towards the, uh, to, to the, to, towards the assessment of the security control, you authorize, and you monitor. So it's like three, uh, six, six steps that are given to you that are pretty easy. Like each, you need to be able to check 
one after the other and understand the progression into your infrastructure when you want to secure your uh, IoT network uh, using those. I really like this. Uh, it's, it's a pretty big document. It's like 200 pages. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to tell the 200 pages. I don't even have them in mind, but I suggest, I strongly advise you to check it out. Uh, the document is 882. So now, uh, I've been playing with a honeypot, uh, which is called a gas pot, uh, a gas station experiment. So it's been uh, released at Black Hat like two years ago, three years ago now. And they, they just, um, they, they took an assumption that's pretty simple. A few years ago in Puerto Rico, there's been a, a huge fire in a very small town of Puerto Rico. And people were wondering why and, and how come, what happened? And uh, what happened is that there is the, the gas tank that overfilled with gas, and then the gas was leaking out until the gas found a, a source of ignition and started a huge fire and destroyed the entire city. So it sounds like, all right, this is not a, it doesn't seem like a security issue, right? But now some people have found very funny to start to connect gas stations to the internet. <laughs> I mean, all right, sorry. Well, I mean, the benefit from that uh, is, of course, you can remotely understand uh, how, how full your tanks are and everything, right? I mean, that's, that's, there is a benefit from this. At the same point, I mean, really, connecting a gas station to the internet and nothing can go wrong here? Uh, by the way, I advise you to follow on Twitter the uh, Internet of Shit uh, account. It's amazing. You have all those different things that they are trying to do on the internet. And it's like, why? Why? So uh, it's a great presentation about this, uh, this experiment. And I will just go a little bit further on this, because uh, I think it's interesting to understand one of the very specific industrial use cases. So um, in the Honey project, we, we've started a bunch of, of tools. And one of them was started by, by Lucas Ritz in 2013. Um, he worked on a way to create a honeypot for IoT systems with a templating system. So you just create a template about how your things look like, and your uh, honeypot will read that template to simulate the service and start to see what's going on. Uh, it creates a log, conpod.log, and the first one of the first few templates that that, that, that it does is uh, the Siemens uh, S7 PLC and the Guardian, Guardian AST. So the Guardian AST is the thing I was talking about earlier, which is the the, the tank uh, measuring system that connects to the internet. So. Uh, this is just the example of, of the Guardian AST template. Uh, you just define your, uh, your device, you get the uh, vendor and product information, and then you get into more details. You explain which port you're listening to, which protocol, and what are the services that you're providing. So it's like, all right, now I'm, I'm giving to the user back uh, the, those different key values. If you do a listing of the product, you will get the uh, different products, uh, and also, which, what, how much gas do I have in my tank? Uh, it's just going to give you some random values. Uh, so anybody who is actually scanning the internet uh, and searching for this kind of device, they will think they are in a gas station on a Guardian AST. So uh, Nmap has uh, written a script to actually be able to just uh, scan for this kind of device. So if you run Nmap on the internet, you can find a bunch of them. 
Uh, and this is how it looks like. So you just run, uh, it's an NSC script. Uh, I'll give you more details, but it's, it's the kind of output that you get when you connect to this kind of device on the Gordian EST. And uh, in the script, you can see uh, that it's opening a socket on the port, which is uh, t um, 10,001. And it's running the command. So you can see the first command. It's I2000. Uh, uh, that's the command to actually get the, uh, the, the gauge and how much gas you have per, uh, per pump. So Metasploit has also a model that also gives you the ability to play with those Gordian ESTs. So it's like, you know, when you get a Metasploit module for you, you kind of pawn or you kind of, you know, you're kind of in trouble now. I mean, and they didn't just implement the, uh, the listing, they implemented like different things. Like you can also change uh, one of the, you know, one of the tank name. Which, by the way, you can do, and do just like the uh, French agency when you could do a, a dig on the TXT uh, uh, of DNS of uh, ANSI.fr. Well, we can also do the same thing and tell you that Splunk is hiring folks. So if you if you're interested, you know, go and talk to me. Uh, and if you scan this device, uh, you will be able to see that we are hiring, and it's cool because we can then hire the cool guys, like the people who do that and who are interested by this kind of stuff, and you know, that's, uh, that's pretty nice. So it's a good way, right? Maybe not, I don't know. Um, so I've been playing with, uh, with Compot and to simulate this uh, Guardian AST uh, during a period of three months, uh, from April to June of this year. Uh, I had a total of five unique different IP addresses. So it's not as much as you may have expected, but it's still quite a lot, right? It's five IP addresses in three months on something that's very, 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 very specific, right? So I'm not talking about just a scan. I'm just someone who is knocking on the port. This is not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about someone who has been listing, doing the listening of the, uh, of, of the, the pump, someone who understands the protocol of, the, of this Gordon EST device. Uh, so I had two different sessions in the Seychelles, uh, one in Russia, one in Latvia, three from the US and uh, four from uh, Hong Kong. And this is how it looks like when you start a session, like you have a new Gordon EST, AST session from the host, uh, according to which host it is, and then you have the things that those guys are trying to do. So that's pretty nice. Just to give you some numbers, uh, measures about what's happening here. So now, uh, we've, we've seen uh, the Gordon AST part, and I'd like to mention a little bit more about the uh, other templates from Compot, uh, such as the Siemens Cimatic. So if you're interested by a Siemens Cimatic, you can buy one on uh, eBay for uh, 30 bucks. That's pretty nice. So you can actually run a real simulation at home if you want. Uh, I mean, you can play with kind of things. It's being used in the industry. So it's, if you're interested by IoT, it's a cool thing to do, and then you play with the device, and you, know, you can do lots of stuff. Uh, it's a pretty reliable, fast, and modular controller. So modular means you can connect to different types of, uh, of devices from this, uh, from this other device. It's very flexible. It's made to, su to support many types of uh, infrastructure and industries. So it's interesting because this kind of device is able to communicate through a variety, a variety of, of, of 
uh, entry points. And as we know in security, the more entry points you have, the worse, we won't say the better, <laughs> the worse you have more ways to get in. Uh, so you would get different interfaces such as the point-to-point -point interface, PPI or MPI or uh, uh, AS interface or WAN or the famous uh, protocol Profibus. I mean, you have a bunch of, of ways to access to that machine here. And uh, as I said, more ways, the worse, the worse it is from a security point of view. Uh, and also from a protocol standpoint, you have a bunch of protocols. You know some of them, uh, FTP for sure. Uh, you know a secure way to transmit files, uh, email something, secure way to transmit files. I mean, all of those different protocols uh, that, that are being used. And again, same thing. Every protocol has weaknesses, and the more protocols you have, the worse it gets. All enabled by default, of course. So when you run this kind of honeypot, uh, it wasn't longer than three hours later that I had some people trying to just knock on my Siemens uh, with those very specific protocols, like IPMI, Modbus, and everything. So it's, uh, it's not just someone who is uh, scanning here. It's really someone who is doing a uh, transaction, who is getting some uh, SNMP on that very specific string here because they're retargeting really this device here. I mean, you know, that's very, very, very targeted. So I was surprised. I didn't expect to have something that was that targeted, that fast. Uh, and I was even more surprised with the Guardian AST part because it's even more specific than the Siemens, which is a little bit generic, but still. So there is some real activity going on here. Uh, it's, it's, it's happening, so uh, better be prepared. Uh, on the timeline, you can see here during the day, well, the image is a little bit uh, small, sorry for that. But you can see, you have a rough idea of the activity. Uh, I use the, the log function because the, the, the peak is on the right, the, the, the bar just before the last one is like around 4,000. I had like 4,000 connections uh, in one hour. Um, so that was pretty quick. Like the first S7 frame came after three hours of starting the honeypot. Uh, and if we remove on purpose the HTTP and SNMP to get people retargeting IoT devices, S7, I had 10 established connections, Modbus 518 and IPMI 47, which is pretty big. Modbus, yeah, everybody hears about Modbus. It's a very generic protocol for all the IoT things. But if you talk to S7, it's specific to Siemens. So that means you have people targeting those types of devices on purpose. All right, so that's it. Thank you. I want to give you a rough introduction of uh, IoT. Um, make sure that you're on the page. I know there's uh, two other talks on IoT right after me. So this was mostly an introduction talk and just sharing some experience with, uh, with Honeypot, if you have questions. First question. Based on the IP addresses that uh, connected to your Honeypot, did you try to not hack back them, but to get more information about the IP address? Was it real attackers or just maybe probably security researchers doing the other side work? Any, any information about those IP addresses? So uh, you're right. Uh, so I don't know. And you're right. It could be. It could be either of those. Uh, it was people that were playing and doing something with a protocol. So from there, I have no idea whether it's someone who is a security researcher or someone who is doing this on purpose. That's yeah. 
just just regarding Compot and so on, it's very interesting that at least people are trying. Um, I remember your old founder of the uh, Onipot project that was basically looking at Oni tokens. Uh, did you think about putting, for example, in SNMP and stuff like that, additional Oni tokens, like leaking additional information and then to see where up they want to go? Because, I mean, the IP address that you, you show is from Carinet. Could be anyone behind. Uh, but I'm just wondering if, if you just push a bit more information to see how far they can go. Yeah, so uh, again, you're right. Uh, I haven't done that neither. Uh, it's not the case. Um, that's a very good thing to go further on this investigation to be able to filter. Uh, with uh, Honey Token, uh, that's, that's, so I haven't used, I haven't used uh, the Honey Token project uh, for this. But if we could, and it wasn't an Amazon machine, it was an OVH machine here. So it could be interesting to redeploy uh, on Amazon and also play with Honey Token to see how far. Uh, I think that's a very good suggestion. So yes. Thank you for the talk. Uh, do you know if you are listed on Shodan and if there is uh, any impact of the uh, uh, visit you had on your Oniport? So that I checked uh, and I checked last because I didn't want to check first and then know that because I checked, I had Shodan start to talk to me. So I checked and I wasn't when I checked. I, I wasn't after three months. No more questions? We have time. Okay, thank you again. Yeah, thank you.